Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We podcast a Bible study that is posted every Sunday morning for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Now, also, we post these Bible studies for those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. We know that there are a lot of people out there who may not be able to be with us in physical presence for one reason or another. Maybe they don't live in this area, or maybe they're shut in. They're having health problems or physical problems, and they can't get out much, if at all. Well, but they still want to get into God's Word. They still want to learn the Bible. And so we're thankful that we have the opportunity and the mean and the means and the ability to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. And we're thankful that you're there and listening and that we're able to be here to teach God's Word. Now, If you're in the Omaha area, we do encourage you to come and be with us in person. Meet us, get to know us, let us get to know you. Check us out. Study God's word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us. Grow in your faith with us. We want to encourage you to do that. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Now, Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back for an evening worship at 6 o'clock. And then on Wednesday evenings, we get together in the middle of our busy week to set things aside and get into God's Word for Wednesday evening Bible classes at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services, and always will be. We also want to encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can, You know people in your life who need to come to God, who need to grow in their faith, who need to get in God's Word. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Help them by sharing these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can all the time. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. Also encourage everyone you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We keep emphasizing that. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whichever one they choose, they will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, a daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures, and a seven-day-a-week short, about a 13-minute Bible study every single day, getting us into God's Word for only about 13 minutes or so. But that get, that keeps us in God's Word, and that's seven days a week. While they're at our website, churchofchrist.com, they can download and listen to, and many are on video format now, hundreds of sermons, and also they can download and read and study through hundreds of scripturally-based and spiritually-focused articles. 
Again, all of that is free and always will be free. So a tremendous amount of Bible study resource materials right there at your fingertips for free. Take advantage of it and encourage everyone else you can to do so as well. Well, we're going to get into a new book from God's Word back in the Old Testament. We have been studying through the early history of mankind, beginning with Genesis chapter 1 and the creation, and then picking up, well, studying through all the way to the flood in Noah's day and the reason for that flood, and then picking up in chapter 12 of Genesis with Abraham and how God chose him to be the beginning of the bloodline through which the nation of Israel would come into this world. And then through the bloodline of the nation of Israel, God would send Jesus as the Savior into the world. Now, we have already studied through the first four books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. The fifth book is Deuteronomy. And you put those first five books together, and they're referred to often as the Pentateuch the first five books of the Old Testament, all written primarily by Moses, is our understanding. In Deuteronomy, we find the Israelites, and we noted this repeatedly as we came toward the end of the book of Numbers, just before Deuteronomy, we noted that the Israelites, and we're talking about a massive population of people by this time, probably numbering between one and three million at least, when you're talking about men, women, and children, they are poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, ready to cross that river into the promised land and begin the conquest of that land. Now, the promised land, the land of Canaan, had been promised to them through their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham. But repeatedly, when you read through the scriptures, Old and New Testament, you find phrases like, in the fullness of the times, or at the right time. And that's what that really means, that previous phrase, at the right time. So God knows the right time. We want things right now, but he knows the right time. And so at the right time, God led through Moses, chose Moses and Aaron to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, where they had been in bondage for quite a while, under oppression of the Pharaoh that was in power at that time, lead them out of Egypt and to the promised land. Now, as we noted, initially, going back to the book of Exodus, he he led them to the southern border of the land of Canaan. And that was pretty soon after he had Moses and Aaron lead them out of Egypt. They had first gone to Mount Sinai. God had given them at least the beginning of the law there, and certainly the Ten Commandments. And then Moses led them to the southern border of the Promised Land, the land of Canaan. And he sent a a spy from each tribe, each of the 12 tribes of Israel, into Canaan to spy out the land. Check it out. See what it's like. They came back, and initially, all 10 of them gave a good report. They talked about how it's a good land, flowing with milk and honey. They brought back samples of the produce of the land, and those samples were impressive. But then when it came to the point of, okay, let's go, let's take that land, 10 of the spies said, whoa, whoa, no, 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 wait wait a minute, we can't do that. That's a hard land. Well, no, they just said it was a land full of milk and honey, or flowing with milk and honey. 
They just brought back samples of the produce of the land. Now they're saying it's a hard land. They said there's big cities there, and they're fortified, and there's mighty people there. There's even giants living in that land. And there was a race of giants living in Canaan at that time. And so they said, we can't, we can't do that. We can't conquer those people. We can't go against them in battle and be victorious. They're, they're too mighty for us. We're like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. Now, the other two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they said, no, 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 no. Basically, their, their faith was in God. God will give us the victory. We can take it right now. Let's go. But the people turned against Joshua and Caleb, and they followed the advice, the naysayers of the other 10 spies. And so God, in his disappointment and judgment upon the people, he had Moses and Aaron lead those people away from the southern border of Canaan and out into the wilderness until that entire adult generation of 20 years old and up would die off because of their weak faith. And if you look at that wilderness journey, it lasted about 40 years, and it was just one big massive circle until all of those adults from 20 years old and up died off in the wilderness. The children, they grew up and they became men and women of greater faith. And so God would lead them into the promised land. So as we come to the end of Exodus and the beginning of Deuteronomy, here they are. They're back. After 40 years, they're back at the border of the promised land, the land of Canaan. But this time they're on the eastern border. They're on the eastern side of the Jordan River, which separated them at this point from the land of Canaan itself. Now, Moses and Aaron made a big mistake some years back while still in the wilderness. Moses continued to be faithful to God, but he was still human. And so he allowed pride and arrogance to overcome him at one particular point at a time when the people needed water and God promised to give them water, but God told Moses to speak to a rock and God would provide water to come forth. Now, earlier in their journey in the wilderness, he had told Moses to strike a rock and God brought forth water. But this time he told Moses to speak to the rock and he would bring forth water. But Moses and Aaron, they became arrogant and self-pride overcame them. And they talked about how they were going to bring forth the water. And once again, Moses struck the rock with his rod. Now, God still brought forth the water, but God disciplined Moses and Aaron. And he told them both, because of what you have just done, you, neither one of you will enter that promised land. Aaron died fairly shortly after that, and he was replaced as high priest of Israel by one of his sons. Moses was allowed to continue to live until he brought the people up to the promised land after those 40 years of 
wandering or piddling in the wilderness after the adult generations from 20 years old and up died off in the wilderness, God allowed Moses to bring the nation up to that eastern border, the eastern side of the Jordan River, across the river from the promised land. But God was not going to allow Moses to enter that land himself. And so God told him that I'm going to take you. You're not going to be allowed to enter. The book of Deuteronomy, which means the words, and it's taken, that name for the book is taken from the very first verse in that book, where it says, these are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness, that is on the east side of the Jordan River, in the plain opposite Suf between Paran, Tophel, Leban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. So these are the words of, of Moses. He's going to go over again much of the history, at least from Egypt on, and give, repeat a lot of the law that God had, the spiritual law that God had given the Israelites through Moses during all of these 40-year periods up until this point. And so these are the words of Moses. In a way, he's saying goodbye to Israel. But also, in a way, he's reminding them of all that they've gone through, all that they've experienced, and he's encouraging them Now, you all need to stay true to God. You need to follow him. You need to live obediently to him. And you need to do what he says, obey his commandments. So these are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain opposite Suf, between Paran, Tophel, Labat, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. It is 11 days journey, 11 days journey from Horeb, also Mount Sinai, by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea was that in that southern end of the promised land to which God guided Moses and Aaron to first lead the people of Israel to take the promised land 40 years before. And so he says it is 11 days from Horeb where They had first gone when they left Egypt. They had gone to Mount Sinai, also called Mount Horeb, 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as as commandments to them. So he's going to basically, Deuteronomy is to a great extent, a reiteration of what we have studied through from Exodus on through Numbers, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Moses is going to rehearse that period of history, what they have gone through, remind them what they had experienced, what their forefathers or what their 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 father their parents and grandparents had experienced and also remind them of the laws, the spiritual laws that God had given them on the way. So, 
again, verse 3, now it came to pass in the 40th year in the 11th month on the first day of the month that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as, a, as commandments to them. After he had killed Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in, in Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who dwelt in Ashtaroth, in Edrei, on this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law. So that's where they were. They were on the eastern, uh, the eastern shore of the Jordan River, and Moses, they're poised there, getting ready to cross, across, cross that river and go into the promised land and begin the battles of conquest to defeat those, those uh, who dwelt in the land at that time and drive them out, either kill them or drive them out. We talked about that before, how those people who were occupying the land of Canaan at that time were idol worshipers. They did not follow God. And so God tells the Israelites, you go in there, you defeat them in battle, whoever you do not destroy, drive them out. Do not have any dealings with them because if you get into serious personal relationships with them, they could lead you away from faithfulness to me and lead you into the worship of their idols, and idols are not gods. Idols are nothing but statues, images, and so on. And so battles had to be fought as they would come through portions of the wilderness to get to the point where they were at this particular time on the eastern shore of the Jordan River and God gave them victory in those battles. In verse 5, Moses goes on, and so again, these are the words, the words of Moses. On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. And we talked about that going way back. God at, a point, at one point said, all right, Moses, it's time for you to get up and lead these people on to where I want them to be. And so Moses tells the people, he reminds them, uh, you were there. God said, it's time for us to move toward the promised land. Now, we're going back 40 years now. And so he's simply re recalling to their memory what had taken place. Now, some of, the children, some of the adults at this point, they may have been such young children at that time that they did not even remember what had happened 40 years before. Some of them might not have been born yet, uh, and so they certainly did not have a memory of what had happened back then. But Moses is bringing to memory those who might have been older at that time, as children, and those who were born along the way, he again is rehearsing that period of history. So the Lord spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey, and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, in the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, going all the way back to Abraham, the promise had been given that God would give his bloodline, his descendants, this land, to give to them and their descendants after them. And I spoke to you at that time, saying, 
I alone am, am not able to bear you. I alone am not able to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you. Now, Moses says, I spoke to you at that time. I, I'm, I'm not basically saying, hey, I'm not able to do this on my own, by myself. God, God is able to give you this blessing and deliver you into this blessing, the realization of it. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude. In other words, they had, even though the adult generations had died off, they still had multiplied. They're still a mighty nation numerically. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are now and bless you as he has promised you. And so this is basically a pronouncement, a a wish, perhaps even a prayer by Moses, that God would continue to bless them, to grow in numbers. Choose wise, understanding, and knowledgeable men from among your tribes, and I will make them heads over you. And you answered me and said, the thing which you have told us to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and acknowledgeable men, and made them heads over you, leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, leaders of tens, and officers for your tribes. Again, he's reminding them of what had taken place earlier on in this journey. Then I commanded your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your brethren, and judge righteously between a man and his brother, or a stranger who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great, and you shall not be afraid if any man, in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me, and I will hear it. And this was actually in response to some wise counsel by, uh, a, a, by uh, Moses' father-in-law. And when he said, hey, this, you're one man. You're trying to judge all these people. They're bringing cases before you continually. It's too much for you. And so he gave them the wise counsel, appoint some men to help you with this. And so this is what Moses is telling them he did. You shall not show partiality in judgment. Now, verse 18, and I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. So we departed from Horeb, that is Mount Sinai again, and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea, again, the southern edge of the promised land. He's talking here about 40 years ago. And I said to you, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. And every one of you came near to me and said, Let us send men before us, and let us search out the land for us, or let them search out the land for us, and bring back word to us on the way by which we should go up, and of the cities into which we shall come. And so this was when Moses sent the 12 spies. The plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshkal and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down for us. And they brought back word to us, saying, It is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us. 
Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Showing a great deal of weakness in their faith. But now he's really talking primarily about their forefathers, their parents and grandparents before them, 40 years back. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people are greater, taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to the heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim, that is the giants there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. It had not been long since God had basically brought the the nation of Egypt to their knees through the plagues and judgments he brought upon them. They saw all that. He destroyed much of their army as he closed the waters of the Red Sea over the chariots that were pursuing the Israelites after he had, through Moses and Aaron, led them out of Egypt, out of that bondage under which they had been for so long. He's reminding them of all of this, and yet he says, you know, when it came time, and I tried to encourage you, God will give you the victory, oh, you did not want to go. You did not want to go. In verse 32, yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God. With the faith of those earlier adult generations, it was up and down, back and forth. On a repeated basis, you For all that, you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day, indicating God's presence with them. And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath, saying, Surely not one of these men of of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him his children, and his children I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed the Lord. The Lord was also angry with me for your sakes, saying, Even you shall not go in there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Well, Moses is referring to the time when he and Aaron let their arrogance and their self-pride overtake them, and they struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. They took the glory for themselves rather than giving it to God. And Moses said, okay, you're not going to go in the promised land now. He let Moses lead the people up to the edge, which is where they are at this particular time, but he would not and will not let him go in. But those two faithful uh, uh, spies, Joshua and Caleb, Moses says God's going to allow them to go in. Those other 10 spies, well, they're dead now, out in the wilderness someplace. Moreover, your little ones and children who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there. To give them, uh, to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. So the children of those adult generations, they were going to grow up greater in faith, more readily reliant on God's power to deliver them than their parents and grandparents had been. God said, I'll, I'll give the land to them. 
But as for you, turn and take your journey into the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. Then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight, just as the Lord our God commanded us. And when every one of you had girded on his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the mountain. And the Lord said to me, Tell them, Do not go up nor fight, for I am not among them, lest you be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, yet you would not listen but rebelled against the command of the Lord and presumptuously went up into the mountain. And the Amorites who dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do and drove you back from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. So you remained in Kadesh many days, according to the days that you spent there. And all of that had happened about 40 years before. God said, not going to let you go in the land. And so he said, yep, your parents, your grandparents, well, they wept before the Lord. They said, let's go. We'll go ahead and take it now. And God said, no, 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 don't let them go, Moses. I'm not going to be with them. But they presumptuously went on anyway into battle against the Amorites, and the Amorites chased them back out of their land. And so then began what is called the wilderness wanderings, what I call Israel's piddling in the wilderness for 40 years until those adult generations died off. And now Moses is addressing their children and grandchildren and getting them ready to move in and take the land. But he's reminding them of the weakness in faith that their parents and grandparents had had before them, and in reminding them, that should be a warning, an encouragement. Don't let that happen to you. We'll pick up with chapter 2 in Deuteronomy next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us your word to guide us in your will, and to help us see mistakes of people who have gone before us and to steer clear of those same kinds of mistakes in our lives. Help us to not be arrogant, but to be thankful to you and to give you the glory through the way we live our lives always and to walk in your will always. Help us and guide us in this, Father, and may you be glorified through the way we live our lives day in and day out. We pray for souls everywhere, and we pray for our souls, Father. Please take care of us, protect us in every way, and strengthen us, Father, and give us your wisdom and guidance always, please, we pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.